I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back. 502, the Todd Bromelkamp Show with Alex Kuhn continues on the southwest side of Cedar Rapids with Todd Bromelkamp having the day off. Rob Howe of Hawkeye Nation is filling in for him the entire two hours, but if you wouldn't know any different because he's usually here on Fridays at this time as the big hour is underway, brought to you by Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Buttons is on the other side of the glass, getting you taking your phone calls throughout the evening. We'll get back to some phone calls momentarily, but first we need to check in with a, another former Hawkeye, one who is... Getting ready for the NFL Combine, we found out today that that there will be, I believe, five Iowa Hawkeyes in in Indianapolis. One of them, St. Louis area kid, A.J. (laughs) Epines. I just had to throw that out there, A.J. I know. Um, Edwardsville native joins us now on the phone. A.J., how's it going? How are the preparations going for the the Combine? Oh, I'm good, and uh, thanks for having me. And uh, all the preparations are good. I'm uh, in Iowa City working with Coach Doyle. And um, I know he's going to have us ready for this. Uh, is the plan to stay just in Iowa City, AJ? Or are you going to do some other things, uh, maybe you know specific things elsewhere? Or are you going to stay just in Iowa City? Um, the plan is to continue staying in Iowa City. Um, we might have someone. I'm not sure who. Um, a D line trainer might come down and do some work with me. But also, I've been working with um, Coach Bell, and um, we've been working out at the facility and getting some stuff done as well. How nice is that to have a, a, a strength staff that, that can get you ready for this event? That, that's not something that's all over college football. You see guys having to go to Florida or California or Tennessee to, to prepare for the combine. You, you can stay right here in Iowa City. Yeah, that was really um, my mindset on the whole thing with making the decision on where I wanted to train. Was um, I've spent the past three years with Coach Doyle, and um, I've progressed so much um, since joining the team and um, – being a part of it and i just figured i mean there's no one better than coach doyle he's the best in the business and i mean he's got me to this point and i might as well um just stay true to the process and um still continue to trust the um university of iowa football staff um as i always have and just um basically just stay here and train because of all the benefits i've already reaped physically and mentally from this program so um, i wanted to stay true to who i am and um and just continue to trust Coach Doyle. Speaking of decisions, AJ, we haven't spoken to you since your, your decision to, to leave early and go to the NFL. Take us through the you know that process of deciding. Um, you know when did you know, and, and what went into it? Um, so it, it wasn't an easy decision at all. Um, obviously, I have a lot of love for the University of Iowa and for the coaching staff, and just 
um, the football program because, I mean, everyone knows that I've been a lifelong Hawkeye, and I will always be um, a Hawkeye. And um, it, it was a very tough decision for me, but uh, from the very beginning, uh, Coach Ferentz, um, I spoke with him, and he, he, he like made me really comfortable um, with having that decision to make because he told me that I had put myself in a situation where I um, had given myself the opportunity to make this decision on whether to stay or to go. Um, and he basically just reinforced that with no matter what decision I make, um, we will, I will have their 100% support. Um, and he's been true to his word. I mean, as he always is, um, he, they've helped me in every aspect that I've needed. Um, and uh, the biggest aspect is obviously training. I mean, Coach Doyle hasn't let off the gas, and he's really just still pushing to achieve excellence every single day. What kind of feedback or what is the process like of you getting feedback from the NFL to kind of help you make that decision? Um, I, I just got the feedback, you know, like the, like the typical, uh, like you submit for a grade and they tell you, uh, um, they tell you what they like, what they dislike and, um, basically where they project you. And, um, they had a lot of positive things to say, um, but they also have a lot of constructive things to say and things you can improve on. And that's true with every athlete. There's always things to improve on. And, um, I'm a big believer in that. There's no such thing as perfection, but you can always try to achieve it. AJ, what? We, we talked about the combine at the top of the interview and pro day and things like that. What what are you trying to show? What what do you want to show NFL teams during this evaluation process? Um, I really I just want to show them what I can do. Um, I, I think maybe um, I'm I uh, some people kind of doubt my athleticism maybe a little bit or they doubt um, my speed. Um, but I just kind of want to go out there and, and, and try to prove people wrong. Um, that's how you always want to play or be personally. I always want to play with a chip on my shoulder like I have something to prove. And um, There may be people out there who say I don't have anything to prove. But um, I feel like when you play that way, um, you start to push past your limits and you start to um, achieve greater things. And um, that's just really what I want to do. I mean, for anybody out there that um, may be doubting me, is that I want to go out there and possibly prove them wrong and just um, perform to the best of my ability. Does that attitude take you into a game like the Holiday Bowl when you're going against Austin Jackson, another guy that's kind of projected in that first or second round range, a really good offensive tackle to prove that that, that you can you can beat and perform against the best? Oh, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the benefit of playing in the Big Ten um, and trying to achieve uh, good bowl games like the Holiday Bowl and playing against um, Austin and the, the Trojans. I mean, they're a very good football team. Um, and uh, the Big Ten is full of football, uh, great football teams that have uh, really good offensive linemen. Um, and just just competing against the best and trying to show that you can have success against them. I mean, that's just, and that's icing on the cake is, I mean, just being able to beat people that they consider in high regard. Um, if you can show that you can consistently beat them or consistently put um, pressure on the quarterback then that just kind of shows that um, you don't shy away from the competition of going against maybe a bigger name person or someone who is held in higher regard. I mean, you don't shy away from the opportunity to prove yourself. AJ, we had Tristan on a few weeks ago, and I asked him this question, what the, what it was like in practice for you and Chauncey to go against Tristan and Alaric and, and iron sharpening iron Paint a picture for us. What was it like in practices with the four of you guys high level going at each other every day? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you've seen all four of us. You've been around us in person. We're all 6'5 uh, and taller, and I think the lightest one of us, like 
weight-wise is probably, I think, Chauncey, but he's weighing in at almost 270 pounds. Um, and obviously, Big AJ and Tristan are both pushing 320. So, I mean, if you can just imagine, like, I mean, the biggest people you've met just going full force into each other and um, always clanging and banging on the field and um, just trying to push each other to the limits and try to and try to help each other push past, um, like, maybe what their, their skill level that they're at. Um, and, I mean, it's just competitive every day, and that's just how it is. I mean, when you have high-level guys like AJ and Tristan going, uh, going against them, um, it just it makes you better as a player, and that's obviously the whole meaning of Iron Sharpens Iron is that um, we're out here sharpening each other's tools and, and, and um, keeping each other ready for games. And um, in my opinion, playing against AJ and Tristan, um, those they, play, playing against them was more difficult than playing against any other tackle in the Big Ten. I think those two are number one and number two, uh, in my opinion. <clears throat> Former Hawkeye defensive end A.J. Epinesa, possible even probable first-round draft pick come this spring, joins us now on the program. And you, you mentioned Tristan. We chatted with him a couple of weeks ago, and he's going through the same process that you are. Just just give us an idea how much he improved from the time you saw him step on campus because I think we've heard a lot about how he comes in and, and he's always had the frame. He's been a big and a really, really strong guy. But the 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 fundamentals of his game have improved greatly from his freshman year to his junior year, and, and people always comment on that when they talk about him. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's improved like tremendously. But um, I think one thing that may be overlooked, I'm really not sure, um, is that how freakishly athletic he is. Right. Um, there, there's a story, a quick story, as we went to the pool our first summer here. Um, and he he was a part of the swimming team in Mount Vernon for a long time, as he said. I don't remember the exact amount of time, but um, he got on the diving board, just the regu- like normal regulation diving board, and started doing like double backflips, like one and a half front flips, and diving into the water. Um, and and he's six five, three hundred twenty pounds, and we're like I could only do like a front flip, and he's out here pulling all this stuff out, and I just thought like that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. A man that large doing a double backflip off of a diving board was crazy and that's just i mean his and his level of athleticism i think is unmatched um but i mean he has a lot of passion for the game and he's been driven the past three years to just improve and he's done that by a tremendous amount hey jav oh since you've gotten here and i've gotten a chance to look at it a little bit closer the polynesian culture and how much of a part of you that is i almost see it as and I, i might be off on this just kind of a calmness and a focus on what you're doing, how much is that a part of you? You got a chance to go over to the Polynesian Bowl with Tua, and it just seems like a a pretty strong community of guys that are in that play football. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, um, for me, it's always great to be able to go back and reconnect with my roots, and and um, like another part of me. Obviously, um, my mom's from the Midwest. She was born and raised a Midwesterner. Um, my dad, obviously, is born and raised in American Samoa. I went to high school. I mean, everybody knows those stories. Um, but for me, um, being so, like, I guess, isolated, living in the Midwest my entire life, um, I didn't see many Polynesians. I didn't get to live out the culture with others. And um, all my uh, Polynesian Samoan family lives in uh, California or West Coast area. And, like, 
Um, just that they really don't fit. Obviously, I don't see them often because um, they're just so far away. Um, so I didn't get to experience it much. But whenever I got to go back for Pongees and Bowl and spend time with Tua, uh, Juju, Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Stanley, and um, all the other legends um, within the community, um, it was just it was amazing to me to be um, a part of that and to be able to um, to be a part of it and to know that I am welcome in that. Um, even though I grew up in the Midwest and uh, like I wasn't around it my whole life, that um, I'm still accepted and still appreciated and still loved, and they took care of me. I mean, the hospitality was um, was amazing. I mean, it was it was amazing. It was an amazing trip, and for me, it's just I mean, it's amazing to be a part of it and to um, to be loved by um, my culture and to be reintroduced and to learn more about um, the way my dad grew up and how. Um, Michael Speaking of that, what's this going to be like for your family to go through this process with you, how close you guys are? And then second part of that, I'm watching your little brother. I'm friends with your dad on some social media platforms, and I'm watching your little brother play basketball and football, and I'm thinking to myself, is the next AJ coming along? Is there going to be a future Hawkeye Epinesa that people are going to have to look out for? Yeah, I mean, for this process is it's, it's extremely exciting um, for my parents and for my siblings, um, and we're all very close. Um, I was very close to my brothers and my sister, um, and, and both my parents and my grandparents who um, live down the street um, from us. And it's just, uh, it's an exciting time for everybody. And I mean, you're not wrong, Yose, my youngest brother, just turned 13. Um, I think he's about as tall as my dad now, and his uh, his hands have outgrown mine. Um, he actually, we measured our hands last time I was home, and his were bigger. And he thought he could, you know, maybe pump me a little bit and try to outmuscle me. And I had to, you know, remind him I'm still the big brother around here. But um, I know uh, my other brother Eric. He's often overlooked, but um, I've always considered him. Uh, the most athletic in our family, um, even though he may be a little bit smaller in stature. Volleyball, um, right, AJ? Volleyball, yes. Volleyball and football. Um, he's a very good football player, very talented and very athletic. Um, he, he has a 42-inch vertical. and wow. He can get up and dunk a basketball with ease. Um, and he's very talented, and um, he's a very, very hard-working kid, and he has a lot of passion for I'm just working hard, and so both my younger brothers, Eric and Yose, um, they're both hard workers, um, and they both have a lot of passion and love for their respective sports and what they do, and um, I'm very proud of both of them, and so, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're great. I mean, if you ever get the chance to meet them, uh, you won't find a better pair of uh, siblings than, than those two right there. Well, AJ, we really do appreciate the time that you've given us today, and uh, best of luck on, on your journey. We're gonna be we're gonna be watching the NFL draft. Is it in April or May this year? I I, I just know it's in Las Vegas, and they're gonna take these guys on a boat from the shore to the stage. Okay. You ready for getting on a boat, AJ? Yeah. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think it, it, it is in April, but I'm not sure how it's going to work out when they're going to have to put me on the boat or something like that. But, uh, I, w- um, I want to see them I, put I'm Tristan trying. on the boat. They might as well just let him swim. <laughs> he can, they can get a diving board and he can do like a triple backflip onto the stage. No, 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 no. There's too many... <laughs> Too many liability issues involved in that. Don't give these people any ideas. They don't want to be responsible. Well, AJ, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Best of luck and have a great rest of your day. Well, 
Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. AJ Epinesa, former defensive end for the Iowa Hawkeyes, joins us and soon to be very rich young man. Yeah, soon to be first round draft pick. I am looking forward to the boat because it's you know it's going to be nuts in Vegas. I, the NFL draft is nuts as it is. Right now, you're bringing it to nutty land. There has been a trade. <laughs> <laughs> Moving up, the Tennessee Titans select AJ Epinesa, and he hops on the boat. And Tristan Wirfs just swims his way to the to the stage because apparently he's a great swimmer. Tristan Wirfs was on the swim team. Three hundred twenty pounds on the diving board doing flips. I wonder if this was at like the Iowa City like city pool. So was Tristan Wirfs on the swimming in, on the diving team or the swim team or both? Maybe both. Okay, because and I, what happens when he hits the water? <laughs> if I know anything about swimmers, they're they're all about being aerodynamic and being as 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 fluid as possible. They, they shave their legs. They get rid of anything that could possibly cause any type of drag. You've seen some of these nutty videos with him and like Keith Duncan doing like. Going from like a, a laying down position to like jumping up on, I don't yeah, know oh, what I've you that. call that. Jumping, or no, no, okay, from laying down. I've seen him jumping out of the pool. Yeah, and doing weird things with like Keith Duncan balances. and uh, he's Tristan is a freak-ish athlete, and we'll talk about this more, but AJ and Tristan at the Combine will do themselves yes. really well. I'm just trying to picture... Tristan Wirfs swimming. <laughs> like, you have a bunch of. I mean, he was five foot five, tremendous track athlete, sixty pound swimmers in there, and then you have six five, three hundred and thirty <laughs> pounds going off that little block, diving into the pool. Probably knocks the other swimmers out of like off their like the wake. Their just <laughs> <laughs> They're in his wake. Three one nine three six six sixteen hundred. He's AJ's always been a very good quote. Yes, very receptive to the media. And it's that—that's why I asked him about the Polynesian culture. There's, there's this, and you see it with Tua too. It's almost like a, a quiet, peaceful confidence and focus. Right. And I think it's cool that you know AJ, somebody who grew up in the Midwest, kind of away from that culture, how he's now, as he's gotten older, being being able to connect with that part of his culture and part of his, you know. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Roots. Roots, exactly. It's a very gr- that's a very good football community. Yeah. The Polynesian football community yeah. is is taken over some universities and some schools and it's 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 continuing to grow. So it's it's cool to see some of the legends now being able to reach out to some mm-hmm. of the younger guys and future legends and Tua and AJ Epinesa and and some of those great players and uh, like we've talked about, um, a lot of the teams that that have that originally started scout, uh, scouting outside of the country right. have reaped a lot of benefits of bringing the uh, Polynesian Pac- players. Pac-12 schools yes. really took advantage. Utah, Utah, Oregon, Oregon, yeah. Oregon State, right. BYU. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a. I'm glad you asked about that. He had a very very long. You can and, tell it means a lot. to Absolutely, him. and knowing and knowing his dad, you know. Epi Epinesa, who played, as everybody knows, for Hayden Fry, and you know he talked about you know growing up a Hawkeye fan. So I wonder how tough of a decision it was. I think it's, I think there's just that part of you that that 
is reluctant to leave a, right. your childhood almost? I, I think so, but... Oh, I he think made he, the right decision. I think he was a three-and-done player from the time yeah. he stepped on campus. When you are that type of talent, with that type of work ethic and drive and coachability, you're going to be a first-round draft pick. And Tristan's the same way, just on the other side of the ball. Right. And we didn't see it as much because he's from Mount Vernon. Right. And he wasn't as highly ranked right. on the recruiting rank. Because he, he committed when a, he was exactly. a sophomore in Iowa. He wasn't a five-star recruit like like AJ was. But both of them, I, I, I tell the story of seeing Tristan Wurst for the first time freshman year before he had played it all inside the, the Coralville Marriott. was there one night. And they were walking back in from practice, and I see Tristan Wirfs up close and personal. I'm like, that's a first-round draft pick. Just the size, the build itself. And we talk about the NFL draft all the time and the combine and how important that is. And you think that this is an exact science. You would not believe how much, how much that right there the eye tests, the build, the frame, the strength, the athleticism means for a player. And you pair that with what you see on the film. Right. And you're like, wow. Right. And AJ, right away, you saw it. Ten sacks his freshman year. Tristan was a little bit of a buildup, but he. I, I still say that I, people don't realize how much he improved from just last year to this, mm. this past year. Because yeah, he came question. in with so much hype mm-hmm. and improved exponentially. In his junior season. And we saw A.J. this year. I mean, if you watch this season, he was dealing with things at this level that he hadn't had to deal with before. Chips, doubles, things like that. He figured it out as the season went on. And Nebraska figured out that he figured it out. And so did and so did USC. And a lot of scouts, uh, we had um, Dan Kadar from Mocking the Draft join us. And he talked about the way that he was used this year. He was used in a lot of run stopping right. situations, right. playing inside, playing head up on a team guy on a tackle, and the stats didn't get inflated because of that. The, the, the stats weren't. He didn't have twenty and a half sacks or anything like that, but he didn't need to because that defense reaped a lot of the benefits of what he did. And he he affected the game even when he wasn't getting sacked. And I don't get the non athletic thing. This is a guy who was a. You know, uh, one of the best discus throwers in the country in high school. He was a Division One. Ba- he could have played Division One basketball. He'll be fine athletically at the next level. He's not Chase Young athletic, but he has other parts of his game that I think are stronger than Chase Young's. So, whoever gets him is going to be in, in real good shape. The comparison that everybody brings up is Cam Cam Jordan of mm. the New Orleans Saints. And that was the same knock on him yeah. out of Cal. Well, he's not he's not athletic. He's not Von Miller coming off the edge. He's he's not bendy and yeah. six foot three, two hundred and forty five pounds and four four speed. Like that, that's not him. Well that's a bad thing because he's <laughs> a pretty darn good all around player. Correct. And the sacks when he gets in the NFL, they're gonna come. Yeah. He's going to be a fifteen to, or fourteen to seventeen sack guy in the NFL, in my opinion. Okay, thirteen to thirteen to seventeen in that range, year in and year out, and that's exactly what Cam Jordan is. And it, if if you asked any NFL scout to do a redo, you think Cam Jordan would be higher than a twenty, the twenty fourth pick overall? 
I think yes. there's a legitimate chance that he he would be. But 319-366-1600. We're going to get back into some more discussion on the Big Ten in just a second. But first, we're overdue for a big board update. It is a busy day of college basketball tomorrow for State of Iowa teams. Things will get started at 3 p.m. with an in-state showdown between you and I and Drake. The Panthers come in at 20-3 and and look to stay alone atop the MVC standings while Darren DeVries and the 16-8 Bulldogs looks for a signature road win. Next up on the docket tomorrow, the Iowa Hawkeyes are looking to bounce back from Wednesday night's shellacking in West Lafayette as they will take on the lowly Nebraska Cornhuskers at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. Nebraska is just 7-16 and on the season, but one of those wins, their last one in fact, did come against the Hawkeyes in Lincoln on January 7th, 5 p.m. for the tip-off from Carver-Hawkeye Arena. The nightcap will feature Iowa State looking to snap a four-game losing skid as they as they have a very winnable game at home against 9-13 and Kansas State. 7 p.m. for that tip-off, and we're going to pick up coverage of the Cyclone Radio Network's pregame show at 6 p.m. on 1600 a.m. and 102.3 f.m. The Iowa women got back on track last night with a 76-60 win over Nebraska. The win increases their home winning streak to 33 games. Monica Sinano led the way with 23 points, while Amanda Olinger recorded her third career double-double with 11 points and 13 rebounds. Iowa will now head to West Lafayette for a clash with Purdue on Sunday. High school basketball tonight on 1600 AM and 102.3 FM. Iowa City West travels to Cedar Rapids Kennedy in a boys matchup. And on 107.5 FM, the Jim OT and 106.3, it will be a matchup between Prairie and City High in a girls game. So that's going to be 720 for the pregame show for both contests. You're listening to The Big Hour, brought to you by Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Thank you to AJ Epinesa for joining us. And we're going to get back into a little, a little bit of Iowa football talk, basketball talk, getting ready for Iowa and Nebraska, Nebraska tomorrow, as well as some of those topics from around the Big Ten. But Kirk Ferentz had a press conference earlier in the week and talked about a couple of things to look forward to this upcoming season. And Rob and I will hit on those after this break. We've got your best interest in mind. When you park your savings at Topaco Community Credit Union, you could earn more thanks to the above market rates. Locked in or liquid, fixed or variable rate. Topaco has options that give you the access to cash that you need and your accounts are federally insured by NCUA. Your money for good. The deposits you make at Topaco are recycled into loans for your friends and neighbors. Now that's a concept in everyone's best interest. And you'll be money ahead with free tools like you name it savings accounts, savings buckets for whatever you wish, and change-up savings rounds up your debit card spending to the nearest dollar, automatically moving that extra change to an account that you choose. Easy money. Let us pique your interest. See all our savings and deposit rates at depaco.com slash rates. Or call or visit any Depaco office to discuss the many ways we can help you save. It's in your best interest. Depaco is federally insured by NCUA Equal Housing Opportunity. 
You already know Network Computer Solutions protects your network and computers, but did you know they can also protect your business with a security system? NCS offers everything. Camera systems, door access, key fob entrance cards, even 24-hour video surveillance. They understand how important security is to your work and your people, so they customize every element for you. For a free consultation and site review, call NCS at 247-7223. 247-7223. Network Computer Solutions. They're the missing piece to your IT and security puzzle. Dutch Boy's new Platinum Plus paint with Stain Shield technology has the performance you expect from a luxury paint at a price you didn't. Platinum Plus is up to 50% more washable and stain resistant than a leading premium paint in satin sheen. Superiority ranges from 24 to 50% depending on sheen selected. Platinum Plus keeps your walls looking new longer. Menards and Dutch Boy paint have you covered. Go ahead, live your life. Get 11% off everything now at Menards. Savings are a mail-in rebate. See store for details. Cedar Rapids, Iowa City, HelpWanted.com salutes the employee of the month. The one employee you can't live without. The others, let's just call them Dave. What are you doing, Dave? We need help with payroll. I'm doing squats, Mr. Employee of the Month. I'm taking your advice and I'm working my butt off. That's not what I meant. Glutes of steel. Feel them. Right here. Oh, Dave, now I have to call HR. We believe local businesses should be packed with more local employees of the month and fewer Daves. We make it easy to post a job, and it's local so you won't get spammed by faraway job seekers. Cedar Rapids, Iowa City, helpwanted.com. Local jobs that work. Tune in to KGYM Fridays during the gym class for the announcement of our Athlete of the Week. Proudly brought to you by Sheet Metal Workers Local 263 of Eastern and Central Iowa. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 5.30... Welcome back to KGYM, the Todd Brommelkamp Show with Alex Kuhn. Alex Kuhn alongside Rob, Rob Howe of HawkeyeNation.com. Thank you to Steve Anderson of Hawkeye Title and Settlement for sponsoring the big hour as always. And thank you to AJ Epinesa for what is what is being touted as a pretty good interview. He, he's a good interview. He, he really is. And yeah. like you said, the calmness and focus, it, it just... Shines through with him, and you think about it. He's been doing interviews for a long time. I yes, mean, he, he has. was, and I know I don't want to get too creepy, but his little brother, who's thirteen, I've been I've been wow. told that he's pretty good. <laughs> oh my god, Yose, his name is pronounced Yose Epinesa. Keep that name. File that name he's away. Taller than Epi already. His hands are bigger than AJ's. Oh man, he's thirteen. Yeah. Hopefully, at we'll, what age will he get his first offer? Fourteen. I'm thinking Iowa probably steps in maybe after Shortly. his eighth grade year before he's, his freshman season. And Levar Woods, Lane Kiffin coaching these uh, Ole Miss. <laughs> Levar Woods played with Epi, and Levar was instrumental in getting AJ here. Not that AJ wouldn't have come here anyway, because he's such a he grew up loving the Hawkeyes. But um, yeah, they they can get down there. I think the trip to Edwardsville from Iowa City will. Lavar knows that it's not a it's not a tough trip. It's a pretty easy drive. Yeah, they'll be making more of those. I think three one nine three six six sixteen hundred. Kirk Ferentz met with the media earlier today on Wednesday. On Wednesday, yeah, on Wednesday on on signing day. Except at this point, it's not even signing day. They signed a punter. 
They signed a punter from Australia. And then they signed what most likely will be a medical hardship in Michael Lois. Michael Lois. Defensive end from uh, Wisconsin. And he is the... He, he's the kid who broke his neck diving into a pool, and yes. we, we've discussed this many really times. Sad story, but I think it will have a happy ending in that, one, I think it says a lot about Iowa and Kirk Ferentz that they stuck with this kid, and they're bringing him in from out of state on scholarship. And two, I think he's going to have some involvement with the program. And he's talked to me about wanting to give back to the community while he's here, children's hospital, things like that. So very good citizen as well. I'll I'll throw this third one in here. He is making a full recovery as well, right? He's playing baseball this spring. He's playing baseball. He's just probably not contact sports. No, but he's making a full recovery and that's first and foremost. And I, I, that's a fantastic story. And, you couple that with what we're talking about with Mark D'Antonio and, and yes. Michigan State, and you see the opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to the world of college football. But he, uh, Kirk, touched on a couple of things heading into spring ball. Well, the punter, Tory Taylor from us, Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne. Um, yep. We had Michael Sleep Dalton on here before he, after he committed. And that was probably over a year ago now, right, when we had him on? Yes. The show? Um but same kicking school, the Australian Kicking Academy or something uh, something like that. I'm not sure what the official name is. but A lot of those guys come from that right. same academy. He's never played football before. American football. He plays rugby. And he's trained to punt. They tra- Because you watch rugby, you kick, you punt. They train punters and kickers. And you know this, Alex. You look all over college football now... <laughs> You know, starting to get into the NFL, a lot of Australians. And Kirk Kirk said said, um, they've kind of taken over this now, the punting game. That one academy in Melbourne, Australia, has taken over. Yeah, they're supplying American college football with punters. And I think... Kirk Ferentz got a little bit of a taste of it last year. I'm like, man, this kid's good. Let's, get, <laughs> yeah. let's try this again. And that's what happens. And this this young man, Tory Taylor from uh, Melbourne, it will come in. I think he's like 21 or 22, but he will come in as a freshman. Right. So he'll come in and have four years of eligibility. And he'll compete with Ryan Gersande, who's on scholarship from Wisconsin, um, has been had kind of an injury-riddled career so far uh, is recovering from an ACL um, hopefully he'll be back in the spring and then um, there's a, another young man that's walking on now his name escapes me uh, the, uh, he was at North Dakota, State. North Dakota Phelps. State yeah Nick Phelps uh, who prepped in at Woodbury Central um, and he'll be walking on as well so that's kind of your three-man punting competition it's a lot of kickers on campus right a lot of punters and kickers and, and as Kirk talked about the other day, it kind of went under the radar a little bit because he was a guy that just kicked off, but he did a really good job of that. And we're talking about Caleb Shudek. Right. Very good. And we saw what Keith Duncan did to this past year, and he sat two years behind Miguel Racinos. Mm-hmm. Just think about, about that when you're thinking about Caleb Shudak. He's sitting behind a really good kicker, but he's a really good kicker himself. And Iowa is doing everything it can to keep him. He's in the transfer portal, 
but they want to keep him here. And that should tell you something. Yes. It, 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 somebody goes in the transfer portal, they're desperately trying to keep him here. It should tell you what type of a, a and, kicker he is. And at Iowa, specialists are really important. Their, their importance is magnified. It, it's funny that you you bring this up uh, a couple earlier this week brother was recruited by this guy so I'm 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 not going to tread lightly on this but Virginia Tech head coach Justin Fuente I saw the story was asked whether or not he would keep players that enter the transfer portal he said absolutely not love you coach Fu but that is hypocritical to the core because wasn't it him that almost went to very much entertain the idea of going to Baylor yep. this offseason so he almost entered the transfer portal. He almost en- he did enter <laughs> enter the transfer portal and he came back. And if you remember this time last year Alex Davion Nixon was in the transfer portal. Probably a good thing he stayed. Yeah. <laughs> that defensive line. You you mentioned some Yeah, I forgot to ask AJ about some of the defensive ends behind him, but we'll have plenty of time to talk about that cuz that's that's really It is important. Replacing him is really critical. It's very important, but it, it's almost I think people are just sort of giving them the benefit of the doubt because they've done such a great job of of reloading and not rebuilding, but you think a couple of freshmen could be in the mix there. And they lose, they've they lost seven starters the last two years on the defensive line, Alex. That's a lot. At, we talked about developmental program for basketball, this being a developmental program for football. Very interested to see what happens there. But, yes, Kirk the other day talked about Deontay Craig, uh, defensive end from Fort Wayne, another athletic guy who plays basketball, and then Logan Jones uh, plays at Council Bluffs, Lewis Central, uh, Army All-American, or I don't know if Army sponsors that game anymore, but the All-American game in San Antonio, he was a member of that. Kirk compared him to Tyler Linderbaum, said he's kind of built like that, just kind of a nasty guy that could play on either side of the ball. They're going to start him on defense. I'm thinking defensive tackle for this kid, eventually. Compared him to Tyler Lindebaum, yeah. huh? That same type of makeup where see that, that was you don't the, want to meet him in an alley. That, <laughs> that was the thing about Tyler Linderbaum. I know you caught a lot of his high yeah. school career, as did I. I'm like, I don't know what position he's going to play. <laughs> but he'll play. But he's going to play very quickly. Yes. He's going to find his way on the field, and he did on the defensive side of the ball, and then switches over to offense, and it's a pretty darn good year. In his first year starting on offense, and now it looks like he may be the next in line as as an early uh, exit as as far as the NFL draft. But uh, that, that that's another I'm projecting. I'm, I'm for another day. Is he? He's going into his junior. He year? He will be a redshirt sophomore. Oh, so he's a third year guy, isn't he? Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, we'll see. Um, but maybe that's how Logan Jones breaks in by having to go up against Tyler Linderbaum. In practice. And then he switches over to the offensive side of the ball and takes over. <laughs> We've got plans, Kirk. 319-366-1600. Um, spring ball is going to start the last week of March. Right. And in the last week of the last Friday of April. They didn't have any, they didn't have a spring game at all last year, did they? It was sort no, of an open they scrimmage. Were, they were resurfacing That's right. Kinnick at the time. So we. And the media got into an open, and recruits got into an open practice over at the practice field. But this year they'll be back in Kinnick. So they'll be back in Kinnick for Friday night. The last spring, Friday of April is 21st, maybe. I can't spring, look at your calendar. Practice, whatever. scrimmage, yes. game, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, they do some competitive elements to it. And it's a good, 
Chance is the point to, is the Greg Davis point no, system coming back. Scrap that thing. Oh, I never on. his however long he was here, what four or five years. I never figured out what exactly that point system was. Okay, so honestly, <laughs> one of the most embarrassing moments of my entire broadcasting career was the 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 athletic department, the um, SID's office. Asked Care UI, oh, well, nobody's broadcasting the spring game. Would you guys like to broadcast the spring game? Well, what yeah. year was this? Uh, this would have been 2012. Wh- whatever year, Sokol, Bethard, and Rudock were all battling it out. That would have been going into 13. Okay. Between going in, 12 and yes, 13. going into 13. <laughs> and go up there, got all the depth charts in front of me, and I'm doing play-by-play on this. And from the jump i'm like okay what's the format of this and i'm trying to read this sheet it's like okay it's seven points for explosive breakups (laughs) i just remember explosive plays six play points for an explosive play and i'm like wait a second so probably three or four times during that broadcast i go sorry folks i have no idea what is going on (laughs) <laughs> Which is exactly what a play-by-play voice should be saying. Yes, by while announcing a Ga- football. Yes, game. you're gaining the confidence of your listeners. Exactly. They're like <laughs> at this point. They're like this guy. We need to take him at his word. Big game in the Big Ten tonight. Yeah, Maryland and Illinois. That's in Champaign, I believe. I do believe so, and that's you chalking that one up as an Illinois win. Maryland away from home. Yeah, Maryland hasn't been good on the road, but they are Maryland and Purdue at home. Clearly, the top two teams at home, is, Tough, toughest teams to win on the road against. Is Maryland the most talented team in the Big Ten? I just I've been fighting it all year that they are, but, but there's something there's something there, and 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 one of the things that are that's there is that this conference is kind of wide open. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about Michigan State, and then they lose at home to Penn State. And that's no, I mean, Penn State's a good team, but you don't figure that. I can't figure this conference out one bit. And we're February se- we're at February 7th. We're more than halfway through the conference schedule, and I still don't know who's good and who's, or who's, Who's the best the team? Best. When's the cream going to rise to the top? Will it? It doesn't look like it's going to. And it makes you wonder, Alex, that maybe the team that gets hot in March is the team that ends up being the one that, and maybe that's you know obvious, but you look at probably six or seven teams that have that ability to get hot at the conference tournament and then roll that into the NCAA tournament. I'm looking at Michigan State, and they have five remaining road games. On their schedule. You look at Maryland. They have to play a road game tonight against Illinois. And they have four remaining road games. I think Illinois has the most favorable schedule. If you're looking at those top teams. And it's not easy. They have Maryland at home. Michigan State at home. Then Rutgers and Penn State on the road. Nebraska, Northwestern, Indiana at home. Then on the road at Ohio State. And then at home against Iowa. That. Illinois has a golden opportunity. Yes. And and I think, you know, what we saw Sunday at Carver, the end of the game aside, which was just... It's a good basketball team. Yeah, really good basketball team. They're tough. They're big. They play, they, they play a brand of basketball that 
not a lot of people want to play. Kofi Coburn, I was shooting photos down on that end of the arena when he kind of got introduced and was standing down there next to me. My God, he's just a massive human being. But Is he not a lottery pick? He did get schooled by Garza, though. Well, he did. But I agree with you. But he looks like a lottery pick yeah. to me. Yeah. Like DeAndre Ayton from Arizona a couple years was a number one overall pick. I, I understand. Yeah. We're, we're once again talking about potential, and we're talking about frame, and we're... This isn't a great draft either, as you talked about This is not a good draft. Earlier. Yeah. That's because the Knicks have picks. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're, That's another side only. I shouldn't even open that topic up for discussion. The New York Knicks, Knicks the Mets. Yeah, my teams are. I saw something today where it said that the Mets are going to be competitive in 2020. But I was like, okay, on paper, yes, but we'll we'll find out. Can't sell the team. It just <laughs> it's a, just a mess. Clown show. Three one nine three six six. 1600 but yeah this is this is what college basketball is this year and i've made my feelings known on what i what i believe it is uh people disagree with me at, at times some people agree with me but it's wide open that it is there is plenty of opportunity for anybody to win a national championship not anybody but for a lot of teams to win a national championship this i think year. this is a year where iowa can make a run not only is it open, but Iowa reminds me a little bit different makeup. But remember Purdue last year? Yep. That Carson Edwards, yep. who went crazy. One player. One really good player. Almost led him to a national championship. They yeah. lost to Virginia. Overtime. They should have beaten Virginia. I'm not saying Iowa's going to go to the Elite Eight or the Final Four or any of that, but you get some matchups where teams are going to have trouble matching up with Garza, and then you've got Frederick and Wieskamp shooting well from the outside. That's the type of team that can get hot. But it's going to be incumbent on them to avoid the fade, to avoid losing down the stretch and ruining their seating. They have to get into that, that five or six, the five range, really. You don't want to have to face Gonzaga in Seattle or no. Villanova in Brooklyn no. again. Because those are almost unwinnable matchups. The the Villanova one especially. I mean, but I mean I covered both of those games yeah. and the home I mean, it just it was flooded with Villanova fans in Brooklyn and Gonzaga, it was just it was a I mean, it was a home court advantage against really good teams. Can they get can they win some games? Because there's there's some first round sites, first and second round sites that are very geographically right. advantageous. And I think people like this team. Omaha, St. Louis. Right. Can they win enough games to and get into that range of four, five, six, not slip back into that seven spot where you have to play a, ten, a two seed right. in the second round or the 10 or what, whatever the case is? I think that they can, but it's going to be very difficult. How many games realistically will they have to win on the road? They'll almost, have to pick off one or two, right? I almost feel like tomorrow is a can't lose. Right. Must win, can't lose, however you, however you want to frame it. And then maybe get one of these two next week, either at Indiana or Minnesota. If you can get two of the next three, I think that sets you up then for that final stretch. And it's strange because, yes, we have discussed, okay, well, what were the expectations coming in? But we're, we don't have to have that conversation now. Right. 
Like we we've adjusted. And, and even though you're playing with house money, you don't want to lose it. You're not saying, "Hey, it's house money. Let me just throw it out the window." And that's what I think is cool about this team is they don't discuss that. No, they're like, "Okay, well, people thought about us preseason had no bearing on us. What people think about us, no, now has no bearing on us. We want to win." And Wednesday night was not acceptable. No, getting smacked like that and not being able to respond is not acceptable. And I just think there's a lot of there there there's there are some good players around Luca Garza, but he is the heart and soul, the emotional leader of this team and and it shows. And the, but there are other t- I agree with you, but there's Connor McCaffrey's a bulldog. CJ Frederick yes. is. They you have, have to have guys around they have him other, for sure. And, and Ryan Creener as the senior I think is a pretty good leader. And you know, I think we have evidence Alex that after that DePaul game, we were like, oh, no, here we go again. Here's a team that can't defend. It's going to just, you know, but it bounced back from that. Then it loses on the road to Nebraska. Up, oh, here we go again, losing to teams they shouldn't be losing to. They come back and they put a thumping on Maryland. This team has shown resiliency to, to make you believe that maybe Wednesday at Purdue – was an aberration. It was just one of those nights. A blip on the radar. Right. And that's what that's what teams bucking trends do. They right. look at beat. But they have amnesia when it comes to that. They forget about it very quickly and they move on to the next game. And we're going to get an opportunity to find out once again. They've done it this season. Can they do it again against a pretty bad Nebraska team tomorrow at Carver Hawkeye Arena? Sold out spirit game. If you're going to the game, look to see what color you're supposed to be wearing, because you don't want to be somebody wearing gold in the black section. Okay, so because then okay. people will they'll shame you. You'll be shamed even more than somebody who stands so up in the if, front. If Buddy Lee's listening and he's com- <laughs> he's going to the game, Buddy, check out which color you're supposed to be wearing. See, the thing with Buddy Lee is he doesn't usually know which section he's sitting in. He just sort of finds a good spot <laughs> a, right down at the front. I'm amazed at the... He's like the guy that used to sneak into all... Who was that guy that sne- snuck... He snuck into like the All-Star Games. <laughs> you know, you know, I know who you're talking, talking about? about. There was a guy who just kind of could who could con his way into huge sporting events. It's our very own Buddy Lee. He's the local version of that. 309-366-1600. We need to take our final break of the day. We'll come back and we'll wrap things up here on a Friday after this. At CPQ Hoyt Jewelers, Valentine's Day is all about the bundle, baby. Now through Valentine's Day, Friday, February 14th, we're bundling the love with our local romance bundle. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. With any purchase of just $99 or more, we're going to throw in a beautiful box of chocolates. Now, if you spend $2.99 or more, you'll get the box of chocolates and a $50 gift card to 30 Hop. Now, are you ready for this? Spend $9.99 or more, and you get the chocolates, great, the $50 30 Hop card, sweet, and a one-hour couples massage from Hands in Harmony. Woohoo! Now that's an awesome local romance bundle. And of course, in Seeky Hoyt fashion with approved credit, you'll get 0% financing for 12 months. It's the Valentine's Day local romance bundle. And it's only at Seeky Hoyt, now through Valentine's Day. 
The greatest explorers used to rely on compasses and telescopes. Now they rely on Ford Copilot 360 technology with available intelligent adaptive cruise control with stop and go, lane centering and speed sign recognition as they discover new worlds from available heated leather captain seats. The 2020 Ford Explorer, completely redesigned and more intuitive than ever. It's the greatest exploration vehicle of all time. Driver assist features are supplemental and do not replace the driver's attention, judgment, and need to control the vehicle. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes for Hellsberg Diamonds. Okay, the clock's ticking and you still need a gift, but you're not sure where to start. Believe me, I've been there. So here's the game plan. Get to Hellsberg Diamonds where they have stunning jewelry at great prices and all the no-pressure advice you need to bring home a W. You've got this. Now get out there and win Valentine's Day. Gift a half-carat total-weight diamond heart pendant in your choice of white, yellow, or rose gold for just $299.99, a savings of $400. Valentine's Day is Friday, February 14th. Hey guys, Mike Golick here. Athletes are still athletes when they're off the field. That's why they still need to make good choices, like staying hydrated with Bolt 24, with antioxidant vitamins A and C, electrolyte from watermelon and sea salt, and no artificial sweeteners or flavors. Bolt 24 is all-day hydration for all-day athletes. It's available in delicious flavors like watermelon, strawberry, tropical mango, and mixed berry, and can be found in the sports drink aisle at most major retailers. Bolt 24, all-day hydration. Here's a life hack you won't find in any podcast. The fuel you put in your engine matters. Shell V-Power Nitro Plus helps keep your engine running like new because it's engineered with four levels of defense against gunk, wear, corrosion, and friction. So be sure to subscribe to Shell's most advanced fuel ever. It's fuel for thought. In engines that continuously use Shell V-Power Nitro Plus premium gasoline. Still time to vote in our Emails Hideaway poll question today as we head into the weekend. The first weekend of the reboot of the XFL. We want to know what you think about it. Are you interested? As in, you can't wait? Are you mildly interested or do you just not care? Those are your three options. And so far, mildly interested is leading the way. Nobody is saying that they can't wait. I'm going to be very interested, Rob, to see how this this whole thing goes. I'm a little worried, Alex. There's not much star power here. There's not much. They do have the TV, but there's. I don't feel a buzz. And it's college. We talk. We've how much of this show have we dedicated to college basketball and college football? Right. You know, it's. I just. I wonder if there's room for it. Cardale Jones, Connor Cook. I know. I know. It's going to be all about the quarterbacks. Can those guys perform and make this a fun product to watch? You remember the one of these leagues that made it, the USFL, at least for a while? Yeah, Jim Kelly and Russell Wall. I mean, this just doesn't have that cachet. It doesn't have that pull, for me at least. We uh, We had Chuck Long on the show on Tuesday, and... He's like, it's going to be up to you guys. Yeah. Up to you guys to watch and make sure this thing keeps going. I'm like, ooh, it's not exactly the best confidence going into week one of your uh, of your season, but I and guess he's right. You're bringing it in right during the home stretch of college basketball, too, though. And we've got the NBA starting to move towards that. The NHL is starting to move toward that. Where does the XFL fit into this puzzle on the sports landscape? I guess we're going to find out. Yeah. I I agree with with Green Bay Dustin. I'm I'm super excited because I'm obsessed with football. I that that's what Green Bay Dustin said. That's sort of where I'm at. I'll watch tomorrow and and Sunday. Maybe I'll go to a game. 
in in St. Louis because it's the hometown team. Do you have any gear yet? I do not. See, they don't even have a radio broadcasting team. I offered to do their broadcasts with my brother, and the only payment would be some toasted raviolis. That seems fair. And they didn't get back to me. Yeah, that seems like a missed opportunity. On exactly. Their part. I mean, I'll gambling. Maybe yeah. that's something. And speaking of that, we talked about it off the air, but I don't think we've said it on the air. Hawkeyes, 13 and a half point pick tomorrow against think, the Huskers. You think they cover that? They should. I think they should too. I think they Nebraska will. is really, bad. really bad. And at home, I do think the, not revenge, but okay. We lost to this. They lost to this team last time. And Fran has had some struggles against Fred Hoiberg. I get that, but this team is not good that they're playing. No, it is not. We'll find out tomorrow. Five o'clock for the tip off. A busy day of basketball in the state of Iowa. We're going to start with a matchup between Drake and you and I at three. Iowa and Nebraska at five. Iowa State is going to be playing at 7 o'clock here against Kansas State. Matchup of 9 and 13 teams. We'll pick up coverage of that on 1600 and 102.3 FM at, as I mentioned, at 6 o'clock, the Cyclone Radio Network call. Well, Rob, it's been fun as always. Thank you. Yeah, a blast. Two hours went went super fast. That it tends to do. We will talk to you next, next week. This has been the Big Hour brought to you by Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Have a great weekend. Guys. Waking up over and over to pee is not okay. But now, you can reduce those nighttime bathroom trips with the ingredients in Super Beta Prostate.